I would love to meet Mary Ogle. Mary Ogle is like a celebrity to me. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and Zach, just so you know, mm -hmm. your mom's a babe. Good genes <laughs> in the Ogle pool. That's true. Are these? It's just two dogs, right? It's only two dogs, but it's like 10 of those two dogs. Two dogs? That's two dogs. That's two dogs. That's just two, two dogs. things. You know what I was thinking about mm -hmm. is that the previous listener episode is edited in such a way that it sounds like I wax my own asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <And laughs> oh, you know. First of all, I know that because I'm the one who edited it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm editing this one tonight. <laughs> You can edit this one to make it sound like I wax my asshole if you want. <laughs> Gotta get up pretty early in the morning to wax this asshole. <laughs> uh, should we start the show? Yeah, let's start the show. Sweet. Everybody. Hello. I'm Zach. And I'm Haley. And we're, we're not, not together. together. Hello, hello. How are you today? I'm doing good. Great. We're um on the cusp of starting to shoot ridiculousness. Oh yeah, yeah. Again, that's it sounds week. weird to say shoot, but to yeah. start filming ridiculousness. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little like fucking calm before the storm mm -hmm. mode. But yeah. here we are. Here we are. We did yeah. it. Season seventeen. Woof. Who would have who would have thought that the two of us would be, you know, here now? Not, <laughs> not me. Um, how are you doing, Zach? How was your weekend? Pretty good. It was a pretty solid weekend. Um, I helped produce um, a silent disco that I, I take part in. Um, it was very fun. I also uh, had a writing session with our friend Aaron, who is who, you know, did a, the bisexual episode with us. Um, or no, no, did a coming home episode. He just happens to be bisexual. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was we were writing and we were doing we do like some weird genre stuff. And he was trying to describe, like, a creature that we were thinking of that would be, like, multiple versions of themselves layered on each other. So it would be, like, something the mind couldn't possibly comprehend, like this crazy, scary thing that's hard to even look at. And I was like, you know what we should watch? There's a video on YouTube that's every episode of Friends ever overlaid over each other. No! Yeah, it's, like, cacophonous and weird and scary and, like... Great inspiration for a horror film, for sure. <laughs> it's just constant chattering and laugh track the whole way through. And just, like, you can kind of see images of Ross and Rachel and, like, you know, that time Joey put on all of Chandler's clothes or, like, whatever. Oh, my God. And none, neither of you were driven to madness after watching this? Oh, I'm... I, we babbled for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> okay, okay. That, that makes it. a lot I more sense. just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, are you Okay. Why are you looking at me like that? Zach, stop. Could I pivot, be wearing pivot, any more pivot. clothes? <laughs> the entire episode, Zach just says. <laughs> Friends quotes. We were on a break. <laughs> so was it a 42, or how long were Friends episodes? Were they half hours? It was like hours? 22 minutes, yeah. So it was a 22 minute long compilation of, I mean, it's nine just seasons? Yeah, just all smat, like layered, overlaid over everything else. It's it's, it's If you haven't seen it, it's like, it's one of those things that it's cool to know somebody did it, but like impossible to watch all the way through. Right. I mean, I'm my brain is so fragile. Mm -hmm. I just don't. think Oh, it'll I could, ruin you. Yeah, I don't think I could. Yeah, I could handle it. Ruin your whole life. Yeah. So we're watching all the friends in a row. So 
That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently, so we're watching this new thing you guys are writing. Oh, yeah. It's a weird <laughs> comedy that we're doing, but. Okay, great. Just stick around to the climax and then close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. There is this one video that makes me feel how I imagine that Friends compilation makes you feel. Oh. And it is a video of a seal in a little, like, pool. Uh-huh. Just, like, kind of sitting up straight and just spinning in a circle. Oh, yeah. I love that video. I love that video. But that video makes me feel, honestly, fucking bonkers. Why? There's something about that video that just triggers the most, it's like, like crazy weird... thing yeah. in my brain where I'm like, I am losing my it's mind. It's like some sort of sleeper cell thing. It really you. is. Yeah. It's like my, it's like my, whatever my, like trigger word is it's, it's that like, seal video it's that seal video specifically with the music mm-hmm. that's like and then all of a sudden i turn into like zoolander yeah like <laughs> i'm gonna like murder yeah, some yeah, prime yeah. minister you know mm-hmm. but that's the video for me anyway i'm not gonna murder some prime minister. probably not <laughs> oh my goodness um well we are uh doing another listener episode right and <laughs> We just proved why we're so qualified. <laughs> not, we're not crazy. We're not crazy. We're not crazy. It's not like a seal video can totally change my mental state. No. no. We don't use words like crazy on this episode. We just right. use unhinged. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. Like, I just feel like we have to say this at least once, and at once sure. every time we do this. is like we are certainly not experts. No. We can give you advice based on our own experience. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. So you can take everything we say with a grain of salt, but, you know, take it as if, you know, one of your good friends were giving you advice. That's all we can, that's all we can do. That's all we can claim. We're your real friends. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) stop talking to them. We're your friends. Listen to this while you're sleep while you're sleeping. We're your real friends. Hey, it's us. It's us. Zach and Haley. Go kill a prime minister. We're not trying to incept you. No. <laughs> How hard could it be to incept a person? In this day and age, psh, easy. 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 Um, well, our first question, I think this is one of the best questions we've ever gotten on this whole show. Yeah. Uh, is, would you rather be three inches tall or 20 feet tall? Yeah. I my, my instinct? Answer. I think I know mine too. Yeah. 20 feet tall. Oh, really? Three inches for me. <gasps> really? Yeah. Okay, let's hear, let's hear why. Okay, well, I think... Obviously, both are inconvenient. Right. I think 20 feet tall is too inconvenient, and literally nothing will be made for you. You'd have to you'd pull so many resources together just to have a house to live in. Mm, fair. A lot of money. However, being three inches tall, your dollar goes so far. That burger is going to last you your whole life. That's true. You know? And I could live in a sort of borrower situation, which is great. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like, I could – you could – build stuff that could work for a three inch tall person right 20 foot tall person not so much okay it's a lot easier to not be seen as a freak when they can't find you (laughs) okay here's my instincts right great 20 feet tall sounds better than three inches tall because have i accidentally stepped on something that is three inches yes totally fair that's have i that's the biggest worry yeah have i accidentally stepped on something that is 20 feet tall no. Almost never. <laughs> Almost never. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry. Sorry. Sorry, sir. Mm. No, but um, 
See, for me, yeah, it's the fear of being smooshed. Smooshed. Or eaten, eaten by a crow. Like uh, yeah. anything. No, you're you know? right. You're the size of a caterpillar, basically, mm-hmm. which is like, damn, mm-hmm. every bird wants to eat that. You're right. So 20 feet tall, I would never be missed. You know no. what I mean? Like you would see me, I would be there, You'd I'd be, be present. wearing like, I don't know, some some shirt made out of palm fronds <laughs> that you had to put together yourself. Well, I would like to think I would live in a world where I could be like, okay, here's the thing. Clearly, I need custom things. Right. But I would live in a world where I could get those things made for me because I could say, You'd hey. You'd be a god. Well, right? Like, I would, <laughs> I, would, I would have a VH1 reality show, would I not? I mean, I think either of the people probably would, but definitely. True. Probably, yeah, you're right. There'd be this, like real life story like the 20 the amazon woman woman, you know Um, and so i'd probably get enough money from my reality show to furnish my lifestyle i would hope i hope so too the one thing i Mm -hmm. think that is unavoidable Mm -hmm. and this might turn you over to the other side Mm -hmm. is you would constantly have people asking you hey how's the weather don't you say it god damn (laughs) it I would almost trade in getting smushed for that <laughs> joke. It's like, just kill me. Just step just on me. me. <laughs> yeah. Do you, would you... Okay, so how would dating work for us? as You as a three-inch man, me as a yeah. 20-foot woman. Somebody's going up something. <laughs> I think. As far right. as sex goes. Right. Yeah. See, I think that I might have an easier time because... Mm-hmm. I feel like at least into big ladies. I'm a big lady, and yeah. some people are into big ladies, and people could fit stuff inside me. I'd worry about people. I mean, they'd have to get like really tiny stuff for you. Yeah. I guess what I mean is like people could put their physical bodies inside right. of me. I guess. There are fetishes for both of these things. People are into True. like macro or micro sort of. You know, and, and it's a type of fetish that can really only be, you know, in the imagination zone or like in in comics or art and stuff like that. Maybe that's what this question asker is really asking uh-huh. us. We see your game. Maybe we get it. I guess I. So oh. they sussed out our kink. Fuck. Damn it. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. But yeah, I, I still think even after all this, I still think I would lean towards being a 20 foot woman. Rather than a three-inch woman, and I, was, I think yeah, I get it. I think also there there's maybe a part of it that's like as a woman, like I feel like sometimes I am not hurt enough, like let alone being a tiny, if tiny, tiny three-inch three woman. Three inches tall, totally. You know, so I'm like, I'd rather be like a giant woman who's like, you have to listen to me. Three-inch tall women's rights. I mean, come on, it's 2020. Uh, it's 2020. It's 2020. Yeah, I agree. I think um, the inventiveness I would have to have as a small person appeals to me. Mm-hmm. Like in a sort of, like I said, the borrowers, I loved that. Yeah. That, that whole story. I love the idea of having a little small house with like, I don't know, like a matchbox for a bed. No, that's way smaller than three inches. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but like living in an actual dollhouse like is kind of No, that sounds really fun. fun. And for me, it was Godzilla. Yes. <laughs> I want to just smack buildings around, you know? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I think there's there's um there's pros and cons to each. I would really love to see what other people think about this. Yeah. I really I went into this thinking Haley's going to have the same answer. You, did you really? I really did. You thought I was going to be three inches? Yeah. No, I would love to be giant. Yeah. I think that'd be kind of fun. I get it, but. This, this is definitely one we'll put on social media and everyone can 
say whether they'd rather be three inches tall or 20 feet tall. What would you do for a living? What would you do for a living? Give us your uh, as, as pros a, and cons. As a 20 per foot person, would you, work in, you could work in construction pretty easily. I'd work in construction on the power lines, maybe on a windmill. Yeah. You I'd could be a, a windmill. I could be a, uh, just swimming my arms around, <laughs> just doing a <laughs> And I would make that sound too, just <laughs> And then a modern day Don Coyote comes up and he's like, that is a giant. <laughs> I don't even have to, no, no might about it. That yeah. is a giant. Yeah. See, I think, I'd again, I'd have a little more, maybe like people would be, I'd be more sought after. Oh my God, in the WNBA, are you kidding? Oh my God, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? I'd have all Unstoppable. the sponsors. Yeah. You get so many fouls against you. Like, I mean, or no, you against, you against other people. Like, you'd yeah. be on bench half the time just because you'd be accidentally, without even thinking about it, tripping over some woman. Right, right. Dang. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a good question. Best yeah, question you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I don't all know right. how anyone's going to follow that. <laughs> well, this person will try. No, just, <laughs> just kidding. <clears throat> Okay, next question is from our friend Lucas. It says, hey, pals, I, a cis-hetero man, and my cis-significant other have been together for nearly a decade now. That's so great. Congrats. That's good for them. We tend to refer to each other as our partner since boyfriend slash girlfriend feels too juvenile at this point and significant other is kind of awkward in casual conversations. However, I worry that since the term partner is used so often in queer relationships, we might be using terminology we really shouldn't be using. What is y'all's take on this? Thanks so much. That's a good question. Yeah. I do get that significant other feels wordy. It's wordy. And it's that, two things. Yeah. It's two things. Yeah. It's and you words. just kind of want one word. I can't be bothered to say yeah. two things. <laughs> um, yeah. And boyfriend, girlfriend, I personally love that. But I've also, I'm going to be near a year, which mm -hmm. is the longest relationship I'll have ever had. So mm -hmm. I don't really, I'm not at that place where I can say like, okay, I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm an adult, you know, right. my blank, you know? Yeah. Right. And I think we sort of talked about this with Cheris mm -hmm. on her episode when we had her on, um, yeah. about the use of the word partner. And I personally, I don't think partner is a queer or cis term no. or straight, gay, whatever. Um, yeah, I, think, I, yeah. I think partner, I think you two using the word partner is like totally fine yeah i think people like queer people started using it more as a way be, to feel comfortable talking about their significant other in mixed company because it made other people feel you know uncomfortable because they were talking about their same-sex partner you know right and Almost I, because they had to right and i think it it was partly because you know many years ago when you were gay or lesbian or queer or whatever um and you couldn't get married, mm -hmm. um, but you would maybe have your own version of a marriage, whether it was like a civil union mm -hmm. or even not necessarily something in the eyes of the law, but something you both, you know, had a commitment to. Like, we're basically married, even though we can't right. legally get married. I think that was a way for queer people to be like, yeah, this is my partner because we're, you know, clearly not boyfriend, right. girlfriend anymore. Than, yeah, because you're, but you're not like wives or husbands or something in the eyes of the law or exactly yeah. exactly yeah but yeah i think at this point you know i don't see the term partner as a gendered or queer thing i, I think it's totally and i actually always appreciate things like that because when the general public starts using mm -hmm. terms like that that are like maybe more traditionally queer it honestly kind of normalizes all of it 
I also like that it's not gendered because, like you said, anybody can use it. But I think specifically when people are non-binary, I think mm-hmm. that's probably great, you know? Totally. Totally. And yeah, like, and like you mentioned, Lucas, you both are cis people. But the fact that you don't say boyfriend or girlfriend, you say this is my partner, does kind of make it, it does kind of facilitate for people who are non-binary or who, you know, are are by gender um when they say partner it kind of gets people used to the idea of hearing partner rather than boyfriend or girlfriend and it kind of i don't want to say it legitimizes it because it's obviously legit exactly but it's inclusive because obviously it's it's already legitimate but it's it's actually kind of nice when straight and cis people kind of say things like that because it's like you know it makes it normalized quote-unquote like if you somebody happens to be asking about somebody's you know relationship status rather than assuming they might be you know one uh, sexuality or another by saying oh do you have a boyfriend or girlfriend do you have a partner it opens you know any possibility up. right yeah that's a good that's a good point i think that's something i might start adopting mm-hmm. so bottom line i'm very cool with straight and cis people using the term partner yeah if it works for you, if it works for you, do it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a good question, though. It's a great question. It's yeah, it's always good to ask these things. Yeah, and it's it's nice to think that like people are thinking about these things. Yeah, you totally. know, being sensitive towards it and like, I mean, these are the conversations that we gotta be having. <laughs> we just gotta. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for the question, Lucas. Mm-hmm. Hope that answers that. Okay. Uh, third question. Uh, this one is from Becky. Thank you, Becky, for uh, for reaching out. Finding people to date is seemingly difficult enough, but I've finally come to terms with the fact that I'm on the ace side of Demi. Sex seems so important to so many people. What's the best way to talk about this to potential partners? How do you start what feels like a difficult conversation? And thank you, Becky, for that. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, As we've talked about in a previous episode, demisexual means somebody who is um, not necessarily attracted to somebody for the sexual aspect of a relationship. and be sometimes seen as under the ace umbrella. Asexual means somebody who does not experience sexual attraction at all. So what I believe Becky is saying is that she's leaning towards that side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, this is a really good question. I feel like we've gotten a couple questions from people who are feeling like they, you know, identify this way. Um, and, you know, as neither of us really see ourselves as like ace or demi, I did ask a couple people just for their thoughts on that. And it seems like the kind of consensus is like, yes, this is a very difficult conversation to have and it's really hard to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also an important one to bring up because it matters to you, you know? Yeah. Um, you need to be having these conversations. At some point, it doesn't have to be right away. And especially because not a lot of people even know what ace or demi means. I think when they hear somebody say, I don't want to have sex, you know, that might deter them and i think that's the that's the worry there um but one thing that like a a couple people said is that like ultimately anyone who's worth your time will be interested in you for more than just sex right that's true yeah yeah but it is like one of those things okay so when does it come up when does it come up yeah that is the question yeah um i mean so here's the thing is this person is also saying they're leaning more towards ace right leaning more towards ace Demi, so it, it might be a possibility, but most likely won't be. Right. Um, uh, one suggestion from uh, Matt was that you could, rather than just say sex is off the table, 
just kind of lead with things like, here's what I'm comfortable with. Have that conversation, like cuddling or kissing is good. Like, you know, things in a relationship, it's fine if they go slow anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't have to jump right to sex. And maybe just, yeah, start with what you're comfortable with. And maybe it never gets sex. And that's fine, too. But it's good to get that dialogue going. Right. And I think that the person you probably want to end up with is either the same speed as you are sexually mm-hmm. or at least kind of okay with meeting you at what you're comfortable with. Totally. So it's good to have these conversations because you don't want to put yourself or them in an awkward situation right. where you're like, are we, aren't we, are we, aren't we? Which I think we all, when we're dating, kind of enter those situations anyway when it's like maybe you're dating someone and you're at their place and then you're like, are we going to do this? There's this whole like kiss chicken thing that happens. Like Totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, that all happens because, you know, nobody, it's weird to be like, okay, like you don't want to feel like, okay, here's uh, here's the contract. Uh, here is what I'm uh, uh, prepared to do. Uh, have your people contact my people. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, it is a weird thing here, where you're like. Initial here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There will be Sign here 10 minutes of uh, heavy petting while watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> Which will then move forward, <laughs> provided that your client is interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Provided your client consents, then it will move on to uh, anal. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, I'm sorry. My client would like to finish the entire episode of, of Sabrina. Sabrina. Okay, okay. Um, uh, sorry, excuse me. Uh, credits and all? Credits also? Uh, your Honor, can I approach the bench? <laughs> yeah. Okay, listen. We're open to watching the entire episode of Sabrina, but we would like to exclude the credits. I just, I, I'm just afraid that if we start excluding some things, then we're just going to, we're going to be completely ignoring this thing. And then we're going to have to, I'm going to have to go back. I'm invested in Sabrina. Okay. okay. I'm going to have to go back and then rewatch. Also, can I just mention that all these people, they put their time and their soul into <laughs> making this show. And I, I, as an artist myself, anyway, um, uh, what were we saying? Uh, <laughs> I honestly think like the older I get, like. The more I think people should be just like when they get into a dating thing or whatever, just be open about talking about sexual expectations. Yeah. I mean, expectations in general, but also sexual expectations. Like just be like uh, you don't have to necessarily sign a contract, but I think everyone should be in the know and on board. I mean, it helps with like any kind of consent, you know, questions anyone has. And it's like. I don't know. For me personally, it doesn't detract from the sexiness to be like, hey, what uh, What do you like? Yeah. What are you into? I think that exactly a fun flirty way to do it is just ask, what are you into? Or just kind of casually talk about your past relationships and kind of figure out what that other person values in a partner through that. Right. And, and I don't know if this person is um, on like dating apps or whatever, mm-hmm. but I w- wonder if it's even like something you include in your profile. I think that is totally valid. Right. And well, and I think it makes it easier for you to meet other like ace people. Right. And again, I don't know if you're on like dating apps or whatever, but I think if you are and you maybe include that in your profile and then someone like adds you and is like, hey, me too, then boom, you've already got that handled. I mean, that would be great. I'm wondering, and this is, I'm just throwing, you know, something out there. Totally. I'm wondering if that's also not really, but sort of inviting assholes to kind of be like why don't you like sex i don't like you know oh i see what you're saying yeah i i so i can see that worry of like if i put it out there then i'm gonna have people you know putting weird messages in my inbox 
or like somebody even like saying like, oh, you're going to love it with me or something, uh, you know, yeah. there's so many creeps online. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, it's a, it's tough. It's a tough call. Yeah. Um, um, I think and, and I feel like we suggest something like this every episode, but um, finding groups of people that share similar interests is going to be super helpful. Yeah. And I honestly like have just realized in the last few years how much communication really does. And I didn't even if you'd asked me like three years ago, like, how are you as a communicator? I'd have been like, fine, I'm good. Sure. Whatever. Sure. And then now I'm like, no, I was a terrible communicator <sighs> back then. Yeah. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like I was not good at expressing my needs or really asking other people what their needs are and wants are. It's hard to do. It is hard to do. Yeah. And it's hard because we're not necessarily taught that. We're taught to kind of like, yeah, just kind of like feel it out and figure it out. And it's like, that doesn't really, it's honestly better if you just get it out there in the open and like Mm -hmm. talk about it. I don't know. You can't read people's minds. Right. And honestly, if you, if you open up to a person and you're like, hey, I'm a demisexual, but I think I'm like leaning more towards ace and this is how I feel. And they're like, oh, well, that's not for me. Right. I am a very sexual person. Then it's like. Well, problem solved. Like you don't, sure. you don't need to necessarily be, yeah, hanging out with this person anymore. It's just maybe not compatible. I also think I get the the worry that just by saying that, then maybe some people who don't even know what that means, they like, they put up a defense and they're like, oh well, I can't blah blah blah. Um, so I, like, like you're right. Matt was saying I do like the idea of like, just starting with here's what I am comfortable with, and then from there, you know, gauging that, and then le- and then eventually you can get into so. Also, here, like, here's why. You're right. That's a yeah. good point. Because I'm thinking of it as if it's a perfect world. Right. And it's not, so. Because it's hard. I yeah, think both approaches are completely valid. Mm-hmm. Um, one suggestion, and this is definitely not for everybody, but somebody suggested about talking about opening up your relationship. And this is probably more down the line when you've been with somebody. Yeah. And when there is communication, um, sometimes, you know, you could offer up, like, if you're not getting everything you want from me, maybe you can explore that with other people while still being in this relationship. Right, right. And that's definitely not for everybody. I think if both parties are into it, like it's, yeah, it should never be as like like a last resort type thing or like a, a way to try and keep things together, like the way straight people get a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be like uh, an ultimatum right type deal. Yeah, yeah, and then. Um, yeah. Really, at the end of the day, if sex is the only thing keeping you two together, then it's is it really a, a match? You know. Right. Right. Yeah. Because sex, sex you can find with anyone. Truly. Sure. Yeah. Like, it's more about the relationship that you need totally. to figure out. All right. Well, cool. Thanks. Thanks, Becky, for yeah, that question. Thank you, Becky. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, next question. What do we um, got now? Here's what we got. <laughs> um. How do you feel about straight authors writing queer love stories in literature, TV, and film? Mm-hmm. This is this is a tricky question for it's me. Tough. Yeah, because there is a part of me that it's tough because it's like one of those it's one of those things that it's hard to give like one answer to because a I feel like it's very much on a case by case basis. Sure. B. It's like one of those things that can very quickly get exploitative. Exploitative. Exactly. Exploit. Exploitative. 
Ex- ex- explosion. It can explode <laughs> all over your face. It's one of those things that can just explode all over your face. Because <laughs> it's one of those things that can get... We're using all of that. <laughs> <laughs> so you, no. can, you can say it again. But <laughs> no. <laughs> How did I say it the first time? Did I say it right or wrong? I don't think quite right. It was close. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for making me wax my ass <laughs> This is my revenge. You're exploiting me. (laughs) But (laughs) I think it can get exploitative. Exploitative? Exploit. It's a a tricky one. It's one of those words I cannot say. It's just one of those ones. But it's, I just fear that like, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, lesbianism is hot right now. Yes. Let me write a movie about that Mm -hmm. and blah, 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 blah. And like, you know, it gets an Oscar and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. thanks, pal. But right. you, Mr. Straight Man, are really not helping lesbians. Right. <laughs> you I know, mean, I mean, it's just like how you always say, like, that's how you get those stories where you have two lesbians in a relationship and then some guy comes along and then just because he has a dick for some reason, one of them strays away from their, like, relationship that they you know their established relationship it's crazy right right like it's so obvious a man wrote this right because it's like i still think there's still plenty of straight people especially straight men who do not take lesbian relationships very seriously Mm -hmm. and again i'm speaking from a point where i'm talking about like straight dudes writing lesbian yeah. content you know i'm sure i don't know how you feel about like necessarily like straight women writing gay right. content or whatever I mean, but like the example I can think of right off the bat is like like Brokeback Mountain, the movie's written by Angley, a straight man, mm-hmm. based on a short story by Annie Prue, a straight woman, mm-hmm. and it's still a fantastic film, and it's also acted by two straight men, but it's still a good story, and it like, you know, would I prefer that those actors be gay? Like sure, but you know, it I don't know, it, yeah, it's weird, it's a tough subject. It is. I also don't want people, I don't want to say, like, stop writing about queer people, you know? Right. I think we, like, you should have gay characters. You should have trans characters. You should have non-binary characters. You should have characters of color. Um, But, you know, you also shouldn't exploit those people, you know, for your own gain. Right. I think it's, I think it's where you're coming from, right? So... Mm-hmm. If you're like a intent, str- you can tell, you can sniff out the intent. You can sniff it. You really can. Like if you are a, I'm just gonna say like straight white male, mm-hmm. cis male. Ugh. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> <bleh>. <laughs> <laughs> no. But if you are like, and you are writing a, you know, black character just because you want to get into this diversity. Th- you know program or if you're writing a sure, queer yeah. character or a, or a you know char- a protagonist who's a woman just mm-hmm. because you want like oh well because this will get me the clout i want right then i think that's bullshit i don't mm-hmm. think that's why you should write for queer characters mm-hmm. or whatever i think it's it's coming from a a good place i mean we talked about this earlier we kind of talked about this a little bit on ben meckler's yeah. episode um where that was kind of his question, right? Because he is a straight cis male, and he had recently written on a show where uh, the main one of the main characters is queer. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that's totally okay, but I think it really comes from intent. Like, so say a friend of yours wrote a pilot, it has, you know, gay characters, and they come to you as a queer person and mm-hmm. say, hey, Haley, could you read this over and make sure, you know, nothing's offensive or I'm making sure I'm doing right by you. Do you, How do you feel about that? And like, do you think that's fine? Or do you feel like they're just kind of trying to get somebody to give them a, you know, a write-off to say like, oh, this is Check fine. Box. I checked with a lesbian. Right, you know? right, right. Um, again, it's one of those things that's a case by case thing, I think. Like, because there have definitely been instances in my life where someone was like, hey, we should write this together. Mm-hmm. And I got the sense, like, oh, you just want to write this with me because. You want to tell lesbian jokes. You want, yeah, exactly. And I'm the lesbian in the room. And so that you can present this and say, I wrote this with a lesbian. Right. So it's kosher, you know? Yeah. But there have been other times where people have approached me. And like a good an, a good example is my friend um, Andrew Adams, who he didn't actually ask me for this, but uh, specifically, but he had me sit in on a um, on a read of one of his scripts, and um, he did have like queer characters in it, and I kind of gave my like two cents, and he was like, mm-hmm. "Well, I'm really glad you were here because I really like wanted to know this stuff," and like he's a good example of that for me, where his intent was like good. He just wanted to tell these stories. He didn't want the lesbian to sign off on right. it, you know. Um, so it always comes from intent, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can, and I think that I can always sniff it out when it's presented to me. Mm -hmm. And I think we as queer people can, can sniff out that content when it's like, whether it's like even a brand, like, right. Where it's like, oh, this brand is like presenting a queer commercial. Like, is their intent really inclusive? Oh my God, it's so, no, no, it's just to sell gay people cars or soda or something. Exactly. Or is it that? And I think we can always kind of tell. Um, so it just depends. It depends on the intent. It really does. I like hate like there for a long time was this bill like this billboard for Corona in West Hollywood that said tops off, bottoms up and like gross. Like, okay, we get, you know, what gay sex is. (laughs) Stop using it to like sell us like cheap beer. Right. You know, but as a writer, I we're gay. We drink (laughs) vodka sodas. Yeah. We don't drink beer. Too many calories. (laughs) (laughs) Too many calories. I got to get my bottoms up. (laughs) But look, because like I even as like a white lady, like, you know, I don't want to be told like you can't write for people of color, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I don't I think I should be able to write for people. I mean, obviously, like for me, whenever I write for people of color, I'm usually like with the intent of like, well, if this becomes a writer's room thing, I will have people of color in oh, my totally. room. I mean, you should have diverse characters in your scripts. Totally. I think like you're not necessarily the person to tell this like queer story. Agreed. But you should include queer people in your story. Yes. If you know, as long you know. And I think that's where the bigger problem comes from mm-hmm. is that I don't think I like personally don't necessarily have a problem for people writing stories about other people that don't look like them. Mm-hmm. But I think what my problem is is that many straight cis people get the opportunity to write queer stories where queer people exactly do, do not, not get the op- and right. people of color do not get the opportunity to write those stories themselves yeah. you know since, since we are in the film and tv uh, industry i think that's a place where you can you know come in as a producer and find the cor- like the correct person to tell that story yeah rather than say this is like you could see something like a real story. This is a story that needs to be told. This is a people need to hear about this. Right. But 
maybe I'm not the best person to do it. That's true because yeah. you're you're totally right because actually there is like personally I would never like think that I have the right to write a story where the protagonist is like you know a person of color whatever like I'm like I'm not the best person to write that story. I mean, I think you can definitely have somebody have a person of color, but I don't think you're the person who's like, I need to talk about the black experience. Like, you know, there's exactly. a huge difference between the two things. Exactly. Like, I have, in all this stuff I write, there's typically a person of color involved and like, but you're right. That's the thing. It's like, I'm never like, I need to write this story like dealing with this experience because it's like, I don't think, I think that someone who has that experience should write that story. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's, that's the problem is that straight white men don't have those hangups. No. Like they're like, yeah, like, uh, having, yeah, Yeah, no problem. (laughs) They're like, yeah, no one's told me I can't do anything. Right. Exactly. It's like, oh yeah, let me, um, you know, have this protagonist who is a black woman, even though I'm like a straight white cis male. And it's like, I bet I know what that's like. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I've never (laughs) thought, figure that out. I've never thought personally that I could do that. And it's mostly because I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that. And mm-hmm. you're right. Maybe it's like, okay, as a producer, maybe it's like, I would, I think this story should be told and I will use my advantages as a straight white man right. to cis man who will get this, get, you know, the people who need to tell this story yeah. a platform. Yes. Like, I mean, and then you have like people like, you know, Ryan Murphy, who is a, a gay white man, but you know, he wants to do Pose, which is a story about like the New York ballroom, like Vogue scene. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he then casts the biggest trans cast on television, you know, Mm -hmm. to accurately tell these stories and portray these people. Right. You know, right. It's about lifting up the right people. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just handing the megaphone over to the people who, you know, whose voices need to be heard rather than saying, oh, I can, I got this. I can fil- yeah, because, yeah, I got this. <laughs> yeah, I totally. can filter it through my white experience, my white cyst experience. Right. You know? That's a really good point. Yeah. It's all about intent. I'm doing it right. Yeah. Um, oh, and then kind of piggybacking off of this, we had another question, um, which was, what are each of our top three queer films? Great question. Yeah, great question. And a hard question. Yeah? It is hard to pick your favorite. Yeah, top any. three? Yeah, top three. That's tough. Do you do you have a top three already? Um, I made I made I picked a couple. Um, I I think like I have you know obviously have to say Hedwig, Hedwig mm-hmm. and Angry Inch. It's so it's such a visually striking film. Um, I remember when the first time I saw it, and it, it's just like it's so unabashedly queer and just like yeah, it just like p- punches you in the face, and it's so fun and like joyful, but like sad. And then it leaves you with like an, you know, it's like, um, it's just an ending where you're like, oh, huh? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and I love, I don't know, there's something, there's a difference between it, like a movie just about gay people and like a real queer film, you know? Totally. And I just think when I think queer film, I think Hedwig, you know? Yes. Um, I also really want to, I, I thought about saying a single man. It's a Tom Ford film, mm-hmm. but also there's like some weird pedophilic almost stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. It's a gorgeous film. Um weird subject but yeah so i'm not going to say that um a film i really like is a horror film it's french it's called knife plus heart and it's very gay um it's about a lesbian porn producer um who produces like gay porn and people in her crew start getting murdered by this guy who has like a switchblade dildo whoa yeah and then 
she starts like kind of basing her porn off of these murders and so like reality and the porn reality kind of blend it's very interesting it's this crazy weird horror film it's really fun and good and it's 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 really fun do you think that's loosely based off of um like is her name miss pam oh may uh i don't know I don't know. I don't. Is it Miss Pam? Is yeah, that right? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think I think there's plenty of female porn producers in. True. She's definitely specifically this, gay film. It's she's very gay. She's yeah. very. I mean, she's definitely a big personality like a, a Mr. Pam. Mr. Pam. Yeah. Um, and then the third one I picked was Rocky Horror because I think I have to. It's just like, <laughs> I mean, of course, two. Stevie um, will love you for that. Yeah, two out of three of mine are musicals. Um, <laughs> it's so ragtag and fun and like Hedwig and Away has does not have you know this super concise like three act structure or anything Hedwig is a lot more put together than you know Rocky Horror the one reason I almost like it gives me pause is because like the writer Richard O'Brien has recently just very weirdly taken some odd stances on like trans people like he's a bit of a turf which is such a weird look for anybody but specifically something that's such like a a unifying thing in gay culture like just queer culture in general and it sucks it just really sucks that this person who wrote the song sweet transvestite from you know from transsexual transylvania just is just has some bad opinions about things oh that's really lame it's really lame it's one of those things like do you separate the art from the artist kind of thing i think this is the one like yeah I, you have to yeah. with this and just know that they're also like an old fuddy-duddy, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's just, it's yeah, it sucks. That's but a shame. the movie is still, I think, fantastic, iconic, amazing mm-hmm. performances. Um, yeah, I mean, you have hopefully... to, yeah, you've got to appreciate it just for the performances, especially like Tim Curry's performance. Mm-hmm, like, Of course. Yeah. But that is a shame. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, this is tough. Yeah. This is tough because, so, I think most lesbians would say one of their top three is Carol. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I've never seen Carol. That's okay. I want to. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the epitome of a lesbian movie uh-huh. in the sense that it's a lot of gl- demure glances from <laughs> across the room, longing. a lot of, like, longing, yeah. a lot of shoulder grasps. You know, I yeah. mean, there is there eventually is like sex, but nice. yeah, we love eventual sex. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it is one of those things where it's like I am and I've mentioned this before, but I am so fucking tired of lesbian content where it's like and at least in Carol, it's not like. In the movie, this isn't really a spoiler, mm-hmm. but in the movie, Carol is separated from a husband. Mm-hmm. So they are not together. Right. So much and like us. <laughs> <laughs> we were, we're separated. We're separated. <laughs> um, we have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I'm just tired of like, like lesbian content where there's like some guy involved who yeah. has to be like, and it's just, again, like I've mentioned this, it's just lazy writing. Like, you know, most if you look at like any kind of straight content about love or anything, it's not that there's like, it's not always a cheating thing. Like you can have drama with just relationship. So drama. many other things can happen. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just kind of lazy to me. And it also, again, perpetuates this idea that all, and granted, of course, some women are fluid. Sure. But it just perpetuates this idea that like all women are fluid and it's just like sometimes they're with men, sometimes they're not. And yeah. it's blah, blah, blah. It's like, At the very, very least, we've seen that story before. So let's just exactly that's what it is you know and that story needed to be told sure but the problem is it's been told a thousand times and that's the only story being Mm -hmm. told um so let me get into some of my favorites so not carol not carol (laughs) i I appreciate carol and i like carol as a lesbian i have to because it is hot you know in some aspects and there are some great parts of it and the acting's great Mm -hmm. you know but it is well, it's a well-made film. Yeah, it is a well-made film of a story that's been told already. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about this a couple times. I do love, but I'm a cheer- cheerleader. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was definitely up there on the list for me, too. Yeah. It's so... First of all, to me, it's a little... It's it's relatable in the sense that I've never had... You know, I never had to go to a like straight camp or mm-hmm. anything, but that was always a huge fear of mine growing yeah. up. Yeah. And... Um, I don't know. I think I also like love films that are like almost caricatures. <laughs> like, I love, yeah. It's it's a very campy way to tell a story that could be quite sad. Yes, exactly. I mean, if, if that film were a different tone, it'd be like the saddest film you could do, in the you world. You could just describe the plot of that and you could, I'm just, you know, just the straight plot. Not straight, <laughs> but <laughs> but just like you know, just the bare bones plot, and mm-hmm. you might think that it'd be a drama. You know, a, a girl f- thinks she might be gay, or her parents are afraid she might be gay. Send her off to a pray away the gay camp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a drama if I've ever heard one. Yeah, yeah. But then you throw in just the abs- they really are hiding how absurd the whole concept of these camps are, and to the nth degree. Right. It's like. They take that word camp and really go with it. It's a camp, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's camp camp. It's a camp camp. Yeah. Um, Do you think that was the reason why they're like, let's make it camp? Because they're like, it's a camp movie. Maybe. Or some, <laughs> or that might have been misunderstood <laughs> along the way. Oh, it's camp? Okay. We'll, okay. Go, we'll go full camp on full it. Full camp. But it is like, if you have a misunderstanding. <laughs> Do you want us to go full? Somebody was asking the production designer. Do you want us to go full camp? Like. Yeah, I mean, it's a camp, right? We want to go full. Okay, great. I'm going yeah, full yeah. camp. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so actually, well, that's a great, like, I think we've talked, we talked about, um, yeah. we talked about camp before mm-hmm. on an earlier episode. If you are still confused about camp and what camp means. We do a camp episode. Yeah. Watch, we, yeah. Watch, but I'm a cheerleader, and that'll, that is a good kind of indicator of, like, what camp yeah. is. And not, like, gross camp either, because there is a, that, that as well. Right, right. Yeah. Um, Love, but I'm a cheerleader. So um, it's a great choice. I actually, uh, a kind of uh, little known film, I think, is Appropriate Behavior. Mm, I'm not sure if you, you should watch it. It's really good. It's actually about a bisexual woman. Okay. Um, but it kind of highlights this relationship we she had with this woman. Um, and it's just a really well done movie in terms of like really realistic dialogue and kind of like realistic um it's a little slice of life it, yeah it's very slice of lifey um it's a little it's not like mumblecore but it's a little more like kind of down-to-earth real mm-hmm. realistic mm-hmm. um and yeah it, it's really good i i really like that movie nice. um and Haley's number one <laughs> gay 
film. Wait, I don't know if it's my number one. <laughs> but but these pressure. are just some films. Because then there are also films that are like, in my head, canon gay, like Thelma and Louise uh-huh. or like Fried Green Tomatoes. I mean, yeah, totally. And Fried Green Tomatoes, the book is very gay. But it's is gayer. A, yeah. But the film is not gay at all. Mm-hmm. And neither is Thelma not and overtly. Louise. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Fried Green to- Thelma and Louise is like not heavy handedly gay as much as like fried green tomatoes mm. is like very gay right. you know um but so this is kind of what i'm going to talk about so i really love the movie boys don't cry okay i've not seen this it's it's a good uh, we should watch it because okay. um so it stars hillary swank mm-hmm. and it's about um it's based on a true story about a trans man named brandon tina and um it just it's kind of like a biographical film mm-hmm. um and he was like he was killed um he was raped and killed oh my god um so it's a very like it's incredibly tragic and it um it stars uh chloe savini oh yeah mm-hmm. is that right yep chloe that's savini? it that's um and uh hillary swank yeah who plays um brandon tina mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where i I think the film is very good and very powerful but i think there's of course the argument like there is a straight cis woman playing a trans male character and that in itself can get a little problematic um and also you know there's a pretty violent rape scene in it Mm -hmm. and it's one of those things where it's like i i guess i personally like it's like does it's hard, I guess. Like, of course, nowadays we want trans people to play trans roles. Mm-hmm. But of course, when that film was made many years ago, could it have, you know, could it have been made with a trans right. person? Would it have ever been made? It's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah. how do you weigh, I guess, the importance of the film and the importance of that story to be told? Yeah. Like, I guess I guess my thing is if Hillary Stank if Hillary, <laughs> Hillary Stank, Stank. Hillary Stank. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the stage, Hillary Stank. <laughs> if Hillary Swank didn't star in that movie, would that movie have ever get gotten made? Right. At the time. At the time. And is it more important for that story to be told even if it's with a straight cis woman? playing the you know starring role or is it you know i i guess Mm -hmm. it's an answer i don't know right i think it's that you know it's not enough to just look back and say oh well it was a different time yeah and like yes that's true that happened we can't really change that but i think now we can do better we can you know learn from that totally we can tell these stories through the lens of somebody who actually can tell this story you know accurately yeah and hopefully we just you know we do better i think you can learn from that right and I think that movie in particular, mm-hmm. I think the intent was in the right place mm-hmm. to tell this like very tragic story right. of this person. Because um, yeah, I think I think with what I think with the framing of the movie in terms of like that it was starring this like straight cis woman, right? I do think the intent was correct. Sure. Um, so yeah, I guess that's. I, I really like that movie, um, and it's it's one of those things where I've felt a little conflicted about it 
in like recently. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, if, if any of our listeners want to kind of give any feedback, if you're familiar with that movie and yeah, I would really love, love to hear that, especially, um, if we have any trans listeners who feel a certain way about that movie. It would be nice to get a trans perspective Mm -hmm. on that exact subject in a, in a new episode. Yeah. Might be something we want to do. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll do that for sure. It's a great idea. Yeah. It's hard looking back and. I don't think it's just enough to say like, oh, well, we didn't know better. Because I'm sure there were people saying, I agree. Hey, don't do this. But right. their voices were not as big Drowned as they out. are now. And they're still, you know, you know, we're still fighting. Right. No, I, I completely agree. So that's, that's, I guess, like, tell me how I should feel about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's tough. Because I think, I, again, I think the intent is, is right. Yeah. I think they meant... You know, because it wasn't in vogue to make a trans movie back then. No. It was not in vogue. So it's not like they were doing it for... I, I don't think they were doing it for the accolades. No. I think they were really trying to tell this story. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, anyway. I just think, like, again, we need to look back and learn and just do better. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. All right, everyone. So thank you so much for the questions. Um, definitely sparked a lot of a lot of discussion. Um, yeah. I don't know if like I think I like we even raised some more questions yeah. that I don't I, know if we know the full answers to. But if you all want to chime in at all, please reach out to us um, on social media. Where can they do that, Haley? Where well, can they for, do that? Oh, thanks for asking, Zach. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> they can reach out to us on Instagram at Not Together Podcast. On Twitter at NotTogetherCast, or you can email us at NotTogetherPodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. We're on Facebook. Look us up at We're Not Together. Um, you should find us, and you can just send us a message on there anywhere it's you want. It's just that easy. It's that easy. It's just that easy. <laughs> we post all the time, uh, and we love hearing from y'all. Definitely. Yeah. yeah please um, respond. And if you just have more questions to send in, uh, please do that as well. Um, as you've heard, we take... All questions, all shapes and size, whether they're three inches tall or Or 20 20 feet feet tall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, please keep sending those questions in. Um, Even if we don't ask for them necessarily, if you have a burning question, just send it in. We'll probably get to it eventually. Or if you just want to reach out and you have a question and you don't want it to be necessarily on the show, but you just want someone to talk to, reach out as well. We are very quick to respond. Totally. Just let us know so we know for sure that it's something you don't want on the yeah. show. Just give us a heads up you so we don't accidentally. You can a little secret code in there. Ooh, yeah. what should the secret code be? Um, Artichoke. Okay, so if you write artichoke in the subject line of your question, we know that that means it's a question you want to ask, Just but we us. will not read it on air. Yeah. Okay, good. Artichokes are not for everybody, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Some people like them. Um, great, yeah, artichoke. Artichoke, that's All the right. safe word. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope you had a good time. We had a good time talking, as always. Definitely. Just because, you know, it's always a good time with Haley. It's always a good time with Zach. (laughs) I kind of want us to be together, but it would ruin the show. It would ruin the show and our relationship. (laughs) And you know what? It's always a good time with you, viewer or listener. I ruined that. (laughs) (laughs) I ruined that whole thing. But uh, thank you so much for listening again. Uh, I'm Zach. And I'm Haley. And we're We're not not together. together. Bye. Bye. We're Not Together is produced 
hosted and edited by Zach Ogle and Haley Manrique. And our intro music and theme song is composed by Barry Anderson. Someone's got to start it. Like there has to be someone. Somebody's got to start it. That's also why God invented the cha-cha slide. <laughs> exactly. Because you need to get white people to dance somehow at somehow. weddings. Somehow. That's what we were talking. So it's like God must have invented the cha-cha slide mm-hmm. right after the platypus because <laughs> he was feeling like frisky. Feeling frisky, something to just get a little fun in there. Hey, you know right? what's you know what's kind of fun? Like a beaver duck. Like a I don't know. Beaver duck. <laughs> so stupid. I don't know. I don't know. I'm it's crazy. a mammal, but like it lays eggs and is poisonous. I'm, cr- I'm, I'm crazy. I'm so crazy. I'm, I'm so, crazy. so crazy. Okay, next, cha-cha slide. Next, cha-cha slide. <laughs> to the left, to the left. <laughs> Jump what's the left? Up. I invented it. I just, I just invented it. <laughs> <laughs>